0: wanted to explain why I created this business to start with. Like a lot of people have purchased my urn after having their loved ones' remains for years, and they never found anything that like felt like reflected their loved one and their personal aesthetic. And so, this is you know the first time that they've actually purchased an urn and they've gotten to take the remains out of the box in the closet and put them on display and have that have more of a memorialized space. And so, I just personally really love hearing those stories.
1: Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Today I am chatting with Kate Anderson. She is the founder of Welkin Memorials. She specializes in making handmade decorative and discreet urns and it is another way of remembering your loved one. So welcome Kate. Thank you so
0: much for having me. And a big thank you to you and your listeners. I'm really excited to chat with you about how we're uh, modernizing the urn industry.
1: Yes, and I am so excited to hear about your story as to how it is you ended up in this industry. And as I'm seeing you here in this conversation, you are very young, and you're here uh, <laughs> a business <laughs> owner and creating all this. So uh, I'm really looking forward to learning the why. So, Kate, let's start off with sharing where is it that you live right now.
0: Um, I live in New York, Manhattan specifically.
1: Okay. Is this where you grew up?
0: No, I'm originally from Arizona, and that was actually where I started Welkin uh, to begin with. But then I moved out to New York, really wanted to experience a new city, and I've always wanted to live here. Uh, So once COVID settled down a bit, I made the journey.
1: That is quite the contrast between Arizona and New York City. Have you experienced already... A winter in New York?
0: Yes, I have a couple winters under my belt. Thankfully, this last one was pretty mild. But yeah, I think what I found most shocking is the humidity here in the summer versus the dry heat in Arizona. That was something I wasn't expecting.
1: We're in Arizona. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix did you metro grow up? area. I'm happy that you have found a, a new home and that you're liking new, your New York life. Yeah, it's really great. There's such an
0: entrepreneurial spirit here. And I just really love all the all the energy that goes into creating a business and being surrounded by people who are doing the same thing.
1: So, how is it that you ended up in this space? So, let's backtrack a few years. Your father passed away when you were. It was a week before my twenty
0: second birthday. Um, it was an unexpected death. I heard about it at dinner actually. Someone called my phone and let me know. And I was the next of kin. And so I was left to navigate the funeral planning, all of you know the estate and cleaning out the home. Everything was left to me. I was given the keys and here you go. (laughs) Happy planning. And my dad was a very outdoorsy man. And so I wanted to plan something that was outdoors and you know, a positive celebration of life and Bringing family member that I family members I hadn't seen in a long time together, but similar to most people, um, you have a very short timeline to do this. The expectation, you know, is within the next week or so. And so, when trying to do that, figuring out permits to have it in a park or just any sort of out of the box, non traditional thinking was really hard during that time. Especially being so young, I had never thought I would have to plan something like that. And so, coming out of that experience. Holistically, I was like, there's got to be a way to improve this for everyone else, like for the future me's of the world. And so I kind of just sat on the idea. Again, I was super young, very early in my career. I think I, it was – he'd passed – I wasn't even in my career at that point. <laughs> I was in college. What were you studying at that time? Um, communications. Yeah. Graduating mm-hmm. in May. Um, he passed away in January. So very short before my graduation no idea really what I was going to be doing with the rest of my life. And so I just kind of sat on that idea for years that I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what quite yet. And then fast forward a few years, I was a product developer at a digitally native company, Tuft & Needle. It was based in Phoenix. And we talked a lot about disrupting the mattress industry and what other industries that were traditional um, had areas of improvement. And I would always like talk about the funeral industry. And so I just thought about it as a whole. And then I was reading a book and everybody always tells you, to start with what you know. And I knew products in the direct-to-consumer space. So I was like, okay, I'm going to build a product for this industry. Because that was one of the tougher parts during everything that I had to choose was, um, you know, you're handed this catalog, which in and of itself is outdated. (laughs) And they're like, okay, choose an nerd that, you know, you're going to put your father's remains in basically for – you know, ever because you don't really think about like transferring them at that point. So you're like flipping through the pages, trying to find one that you think memorializes them, but matches your own aesthetic in the same way. Obviously, I netted zero there. I ended up choosing one just for the ceremony that had like ducks etched across it because he, again, liked the outdoors, but I wasn't going to have that in my home, especially as a 22-year-old. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to design an urn that I would want in my home, you know, memorializes them, but also Matches my aesthetic, and the discreet co- part came into play because I didn't want to have friends over necessarily and it be this thing that's on a bookshelf and be like a sore conversation starter. And so, I wanted something that you meant something to you when you looked at it, but like the the average passerby or you know someone comes over, they didn't necessarily know what Need it was. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it could be a topic of conversation if you wanted it to be, but it doesn't have to be something that stands out. And so I created Walkin, slowly but surely. <laughs> you
1: know, and it's beautiful. So explain to us what they, what the urns or their vases, va- vases, yeah. what is the right pronunciation? Voss vase? What? I
0: don't know. I say vase, but I think plenty of people v- say vase too.
1: Well, I guess depending on where you're from yeah. and how you're going to pronounce it. So explain to us what it looks like since the listeners, of course, when they go to your website, they can see more specifically, but can you describe? Yep what it looks like. So it's
0: a handmade ceramic vase, um, where there are two separate compartments. That's important. Um, because a lot of people think it's just a vase that you put flowers in the top and the remains in the bottom, and they are completely separate because you wouldn't want them to be combined. And if I was selling that, it would, it would just be a vase. It wouldn't be an urn. Um, but yeah, so the top part is a separated vase that you can put in dried floral arrangements, um, small floral arrangements, you know, eucalyptus, Nothing if you want it to just be more of like a ceramic piece. And then the bottom is the vessel for your loved one's remains. And you insert those through a funnel and there's a plug. that's similar to, you know, an old school traditional piggy bank style um, in that sense. So you can put the remains in the bottom. They're secure in they're separated um, from the top base.
1: So walk us through the process of someone having the, their remains there? Is it something that Welkin does like let's say are the ashes sent to you and then you put them or does the person receive the ashes in a box or a bat? I don't know how it is because I've never done cremation. So how is that process? Yeah. So the process
0: is typically that, that the crematorium will do that for you if you are planning in advance so you can purchase our urn and have it shipped there. We have plenty of customers that do that. Um, a lot of our customers as well are similar to myself, where you already purchased something um, under the pressure and under the, sh- the short timeline, and you're now looking for something essentially like an upgrade or something that you actually want to put on display. And so you are you can transfer those remains yourself. We provide the bag, the twist tie to keep it secure, um, and the funnel to do so. You can also take it, again, to a company, a crematorium for them to do the transfer. Uh, But currently we're just providing the urns, but we do partner with funeral directors and funeral homes, direct cremation companies to have them supply our urns. So we are offered um, at that start point, but that's obviously like a network that we're trying to build out. So,
1: What year did you launch your company? December
0: of 2021. So we're still barely barely new.
1: Yes, and yet you've already... Achieved all this yeah. and all these connections, and this happens to be, by the way, Kate's first podcast. First I just ever. found
0: that out. First one, I bought the world's the biggest microphone because I, I didn't. I figured you know it was my first one. I needed all the tech devices to assist me.
1: <laughs> it will not be your last, that's for sure, because you will be networking and sharing your story and what you do in other podcasts as well. Now let's backtrack back again to then when you started then the company. So you you already knew how it was that it felt for you when you were having to arrange your dad's funeral yet not being able to honor it in the way you did. So you had this idea when you were in the design company, right, mm-hmm. product design company. You started now what was the next step? You're like, okay, I have this product, now what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah, so product development takes a shockingly long time. I actually started um, working on this in late 2018, early 2019. I was working overseas. To, the product was actually going to be made out of wood. Um, it was a completely different model, and then COVID happened, and so production was, like, completely cut. I, you know, started thinking about, about the design more, and, you know, I had received some prototypes of my original design and was like, I think this is, like, an opportunity to, like, pivot a little bit. Um, and so I started working on the production here in the U.S., um, which I love. They're handmade in the Pacific Northwest, which I think is, like, really – um, special and unique uh, to the urn offering because most are sort of like private labeled, which means you're hiring someone else, you're just using their design, and then you're calling it your own. Uh, and I really love that. Like I design the urn; um, they're all handmade. There's a video on our um, homepage that showcases that process. That it's such a hands-on experience. But, anyways, to answer your question, the that process, that design process is really long. So while they we were working through iterations um, through the development and then even, you know, figuring out what color glazes we would want and how they would work with the different clays and such, I had time on the back end to kind of think about, you know, designing the website. And I really leaned into when doing competitive research – Instead of like going, this was a time when there weren't a lot of companies disrupting this industry and this space. Now there are quite a few more, which I absolutely love. Um, But I went to like the direct-to-consumer market and said, okay, like how do some of my favorite brands, you know, um, share the experience of their products and how can I like kind of relate that to my experience and what I was looking for you know I come, I came up with like the minimal viable product to on the website to make that happen I wanted to make sure that I was showcasing my earn but I also over time wanted to be able to share the additional resources for those people during that time Um, So that's what I started working on as well was like a blog of sorts to outline the different resources because I think it's really important whether they come to my site first or go somewhere else that they only really have to go one place and they can find it all. I might not be able to provide it all, but I can at least like steer them in the right direction.
1: And I noticed that when I went on your website that you have the blog and different stories like as to even what to write in a condolence note you know, how to honor your mom on Mother's Day, your mom if she's died, like all these different beautiful, you know, yeah, stories and ideas. So it is a beautiful resource even for that. If someone doesn't need an urn, you can at least go (laughs) there for the different resources you offer. Yes,
0: thank you. Um, Yeah, that was the goal. It's like, for me, I just didn't even know where to start. Um, And so just having... Whether they started with the urn selection or whether they started, you know, um, with the invitations or just things like that or just the funeral planning in and of itself, um, I think it's important to have all the resources there because this is the toughest time in someone's life. And if you can help them through that, that in and of itself is really impactful.
1: So how was it then for you? You said you were the next of kin for your dad. You're mentioning this is the toughest moment of someone's life. When you were 22 and you're living this, not only were you planning then a funeral, you're also then in the grief journey. So what were some of the tools you used at that time or that you were able to find that were helpful for you in your journey?
0: Honestly, there wasn't. There wasn't much back then Um, and maybe I just didn't know where to look and now that I'm like in the industry, I feel like there's all these resources. Um, I mean, thankfully, I had family members that were super supportive and helped me out through all of that because while I was – I had to be the decision maker legally, I could lean on others, Um, but it was a really interesting time. I was the first of my friends to lose a parent and so they didn't know how to respond and that's kind of, you know, when I'm writing these blogs and like how to write a condolence note how to send text messages to your friends, you know, after they lost a loved one, but maybe you're not close enough to call, like, things like that because we're all at the point now, at least in my, like, my circle of friends where we are experiencing that. And now I'm the one that is, like, the go-to, obviously, probably because I started the business as well, but because I, I've i been there. And so, yeah, there weren't a ton of resources I didn't find that were helpful in that process. Like, I, you know, went to Pinterest to look at, like, how to – um, plan events. And then I kind of looked at the event, you know, decorations and the, the steps for traditional event planning and kind of tailored it to, you know, planning a funeral. But now I feel like there are a lot more resources. So death doulas are out there and those seem really important. And I think that it's going to be a transition from per- planning and preparing following the death to before the death. Um, I think that's like a trend that will be um, coming up and will be really helpful uh, for everybody because you'll be able to think more outside of the box and outside of the traditional norms and outside of the catalog that's just given to you.
1: Okay, so we've gone into the process of how it is you created the company tell us into who who helps you. Is it just you? Is this a one woman show? Do you have other people aside? Of course, the, the ones that create the urns, who helps you with the whole process?
0: Yeah, so I it is it's not a one woman show, but it is a one woman show in the sense that like I I partner with um, a lot of contractors, so I use you know a manufacturer and a fulfillment center, and then I leverage you know experts in the field to help with PR and social media and all those kinds of things. And I really have started relying heavily on working with partners this year, um, which is why I reached out to you to really work to meet the customer, you know, where they're at in their journey. And so while day-to-day it is just me, I do work with a handful of select contractors and partners to uh, help get me through it because you really need a village.
1: Because it is a lot of work. So when you're thinking like, okay, website development, because you said I think you created, initially you created your own website, Mm -hmm. correct? Yep. And then did you then hire someone else to go deeper in it like you said, like a contractor and especially then social media person, like, because there's a lot of times that we have ideas yet we end up freezing, even just going with a podcast, even something, somebody wants to start a podcast, like, oh, well, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, something as simple freezes us from developing and coming into fruition into an idea, but you had an idea and you did not let your limitations block you from achieving it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to put their ideas out there.
0: Definitely. So when I, when I started working on Welkin, I was more solely in product development at that time in my career. Since, you know, working through the product development phase of Welkin, I pivoted more into like marketing experience and whatnot over those years. And so I do have like a general understanding of that that sector Um, But I did need to, yes, rely on people to help me um, with the customer journey throughout the website, what that would really look like, um, social media, you know, consulting on Different avenues there and, you know, influencers and partnering there. Influencers are really odd in this space. It's not really um, common, but I do, you know, try and work on like gifting earns where I can to just help reach, you know, a new customer audience um, and whatnot. And so while I do have a general understanding, I really need to lean into those who specialize, um, you know, on paid media, like on paid ads and what that looks like, you know, when I can start incorporating those into my budget and everything. Because ex- experts are really needed, um, at least for to consult you in the right direction when um, you're starting out.
1: And when you were starting out, were you still then working a nine to five type of job as you were starting your company? And are you still doing that now? Or are you full 100% in Welkin? Yes. How that yes. And do you like a shark tank? question? <laughs> <okay>. of thing?
0: <laughs> um, yes, to both. Um, so I've considered it, you know, a couple of times like leaving the workplace to do Welkin entirely. But I really want to scale and grow Welkin as I see fit. And I want to do it right. And so I don't want to just jump into it and try and sell as many urns as possible just to um, be able to do so. Um, I want to grow it and scale it as I envision it, you know, really to make sure the customer is at the forefront there and that I'm making all the decisions um, very cons- like considered and rather than just, you know, rushing into something and feeling more obliged to make this sale rather than it more like a personal experience.
1: That makes so much sense. Yeah, you don't want this desperation, and especially in this industry in which, like you said, you do have to be very considerate. People are coming into this space in their hardest moment of their lives. Yeah, one of the hardest moments in their lives. You want to be respectful of... Of that. And also, it takes it, regardless of whether it was this industry or another industry, it does take sometimes five years to even break even in most industries. So it is wise to still. Make sure you have a way to pay your dues, yeah. your rent. Well, you and then I'm that. able
0: to use the, the funds back into Walk-In and like think about what the next design is and think about, you know, we just launched a small size because not one size fits all anymore when it comes to earns because a lot of people disperse them amongst family members or want to spread most of them somewhere um, like mm-hmm. myself, um, but keep a small portion for yourself because it feels really committal to get rid of all of them. So I wanted to be able to use those funds back into the business more so than worrying about myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's very considerate of you and just very wise, again, for, for uh, this young entrepreneur. So what is it that you, what type of work are you doing now? Are you still in the design product design?
0: No, I run uh, yeah. marketing and partnerships at a startup. So similar space, uh, just like a little bit larger than me and has a bit more of a, a piggy bank. Um, they've raised some funds. So they, mm-hmm. we have uh, the support there.
1: Glad you have that. Okay. Now, how has the response been and what's the response been? What do you hear back from your customers as they are doing this Process of purchasing the urns.
0: Yeah, that has been the best part about creating this business altogether. I think is the personal feedback. Like, of course, everybody wants reviews and wants um, customer insights, but I really wanted to explain why I created this business to start with. Like, a lot of people have purchased my urn after having their loved ones remains for years, and they never found anything that like felt like reflected their loved one and their personal aesthetic, and so this is, you know, the first time that they've actually purchased an urn and they've gotten to take the remains out of the box in the closet and put them on display and have that have more of a memorialized space. And so I just personally really love hearing those stories or, you know, people purchasing them for pets and they feel, you know, the certain colors reflect their pets in a different way and then they can put the, the leash over the neck of the vase and, you um,
1: That is so – that's so sweet. Yeah.
0: Like all the – just the personal stories are just – that's like what really makes this something I want to continue to do for forever is just um, making those tough times a little bit easier on the other people and hearing how we've done so. Um, Or even someone purchased the urn their mother loved, you know, um, flowers. So she always used to have an urn with next to it was a vase. Now it can be like – a one piece for both of those components and switch out the florals, you know, on different holidays or seasons, et cetera.
1: How big like is the compartment? Like you said, it's like a piggy bank. Are there any other ways in which someone could use the urn and what's inside that compartment in order to honor their loved one? Let's say someone did not do cremation. So what is another way in which the, the vase can be used? Yeah. There's two that come to mind based on
0: um, c- customer experiences that have been shared. Uh, one is that they they opted to for compost for their loved one, but getting rid of all of it felt super committal. And so they were able to just put a small portion of them in a s- Sealed compartment within the urn. So they were able to have that within their home um, while still, you know, going with the wishes of their loved one of composting rather than cremation. But they wanted to keep a small component just because getting rid of them all felt committal. The second one, this one was really creative and I loved it a lot. They had purchased an urn, but then really wanted to memorialize their loved ones. So they chose sand from one of their favorite beaches that they used to go to growing up and put them. in the bottom of the vessel. And that's like the way that they could memorialize them, even though they were buried.
1: That, that is a, a great idea. The, like personally, I didn't do cremation for my mother or we didn't do creation. Like some, some religions also don't Definitely. allow for cremation. Mm-hmm. So the part of still having something there that reminds you of them and like you said even even if you just you use the top part the top portion to put the flower that reminds you of your loved one yeah then that in itself is also meaningful it is all really up to the person that's grieving as to what is going to also help them in their in their grief journey and what would mean something to them. So the fact that you have that flexibility, too, in your urns, it's it's wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Like my dad and I used to collect coins and little gemstone rocks and whatnot, and I have those all in a box somewhere. So essentially, like if he hadn't opted uh, or if we hadn't opted for cremation, um, we could, you know, put those in there because I I have those in a box. It's not necessarily out for the public eye, but um, something I don't want to necessarily
1: get rid of either. Yes. And that's another wonderful way. Now, Kate, is there something I have not asked you that you'd like to share with the audience in terms of the process or even just the grief itself or something about your website, anything you'd like to share?
0: Um, I think, you know, the thing that's most important for this industry right now and the learning curve of it all is really to think about it and talk about it in advance because there are options out there to plan a funeral that feels more like a party, to have floral floral arrangements that don't necessarily scream funeral and um, more creative options. And I know that people are working on a variety of different things within the space to document someone's life and to share it out accordingly and to just make that experience more positive than negative. And so the more pre-planning that you can do in advance, it really lets you think outside of the box and not do things just because they feel they should be done that way. Um, And I think that's like the biggest thing that I've learned of this is that if I just had a little bit more time, you know, I wouldn't have had to flip through that catalog. I probably could have found something. It would have been a little bit more challenging back in the day. But now there are a ton of resources looking to provide a more positive um, experience and it is something that we're all going to come across. So take time to consider it and plan in advance because then you will get to have something that really reflects you and your loved one. And that's really a gift for them too because all the planning that goes into it, it's really hard during, um, you know, this time of grief. And sometimes you don't grieve accordingly because you're in full planning mode. Um, so I think that's like the biggest takeaway. And that's why I welcome there is to provide. You know, to make the tough times a little bit easier. So, if there's any, any questions or stories, we're we're here for that, and we definitely love to be a part of it.
1: It's so true. The making the tough times a little bit easier is that your is that the little. It's it's in our –
0: like throughout our copy on our site, yeah, because I think it's just like one component of the process Um, and we really lean into like the direct-to-consumer experience. So like the free returns, free shipping, unlimited warranty, those kinds of things just to make it like one less thing that you have to worry about.
1: Okay, now tell us how people can get in touch with you, your website, and I know you're in different social media sites, so share with the audience, please, Kate. Yeah,
0: so our website is welcomememorials.com. Our Instagram handle and Facebook are the same. They're also all linked on our website. Uh, We have a YouTube video of how it's made, which is on our homepage of our website, but it's also on YouTube. It's called Welcome Earn Production. And yeah, if you ever have anything you would like assistance for or any questions about our urns, our email is hello at welkin, W-E-L-K-I-N, memorials.com. And to make it a little easier to remember, um, the, the word welkin means heaven or sky, but if you separate out the root words, well means good and kin means relations. And so to me, it's like good relations during life's most challenging times. I, I
1: was missing asking you that. So I'm so <laughs> glad that you, you came, you know, and shared that because I was like, at the beginning when I saw the name, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her what it means, if it's a family name, if it's, but I also thought of the kin, of the kinship. Mm-hmm. So repeat again, the meaning of welcome. So it's so the, W-E-L-K-I-N. Correct. Yeah. The word itself means? Heaven or sky.
0: So if you Google welcome, it comes up, but if you separate out the root words, Well means good and kin means relations. And so to me, that was like good relations during life's most challenging times. And I ultimately wanted this site to be a resource, you know, to provide, you know, any unanswered or answered questions um, for those. So yeah, that was – and I should have noted that when I was talking about creating a company because that arguably was the hardest part was to determine the name for the – for the brand because I just really wanted it to reflect, you know, what, it, what the company meant to me. And I wanted it to be something that I would want to keep and not change out eventually. Um, so I spent a lot of time on that.
1: <laughs> how did, and how did you find then the name? How did you come, come across so many just like them?
0: different Google searches about Latin root words and words about, you know, the death industry as a whole and those kinds of things to really come down to it?
1: Yeah. Well, you did a good job. (laughs) Thank you. You did a good job putting the right information on Google. Or (laughs) or nowadays with uh, AI, too, I'm sure that that can help you also come up with a good name idea if you're ever stuck with that. That's another place where sometimes we get stuck, even just naming a company. There's so many little things like that. And then we just, yeah, we stopped that creative process just because we didn't know just how to do just one step. yeah, And yet there's resources out there to help you with that. So thank you so much again, Kate, for coming on the podcast, for sharing your personal journey with grief, as well as the catalyst of creating now this space in which now others that are grieving will have a little more ease in that process. And find ways of remembering their loved one in a way that really honors them, the loved one, but also means a lot to the person that's grieving. Yeah. So thank
0: and, you again. And thank you, Kendra, for creating such an incredible platform to share all these resources and stories for others that are going through it as well.
1: Thank you, Kate. So again, this was Kate Anderson with Welkin Memorials and again, all the websites are in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. Thank you. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray In Between podcast.